follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing well, Shad. I'm doing well as well. Awesome. Thank all of you for being here with us for this episode. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll get our shout-outs handled right here at the beginning. <clears throat> the first one goes to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and corners, capital P and podcast. Save 10% off your order. And they still have it in the store. It is the Brody Lee Forever Benefit shirt. All uh, proceeds go to supporting Brody Lee's family. I got mine. Uh, at the end of last week, it is very good quality. It is very comfortable, and um, it's very well done. And <laughs> are you just throwing it over to me? Uh, uh, well, I was going to, but uh, I was pausing in case either one of you wanted to say anything. But uh, uh, I am wearing a collar and elbow shirt. Actually, the one that uh, you gifted me for Christmas. Oh yeah. Yes. Thank you for thank you for wrestling with it. It's a good yes. shirt. It's a good shirt. Nice and comfortable. Glad you like it. I am too, actually. I'm wearing the uh, the Coca-Cola collar elbow shirt. <laughs> I uh, I actually was, uh, as I texted you guys, I was uh, I was brothering it up a lot the other day because <laughs> I had a had a collar and elbow uh, hoodie on, and it was uh, quite comfortable. I uh, it's the I think it's the, it's the gray camo. Uh, is is that the mirror image gray camo? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think it's just camo i don't know if it's called mirror image i'm not the, sure the mirror image is where it has like collar and then underneath it it has elbow but upside down uh maybe okay it does have collar and elbow on the front my wife got one of those in well we got one of those in just straight gray in hoodies um <clears throat> mm-hmm. when she asked me to order it she said yeah we can trade it back and forth no but that's okay <laughs> um but as for our other shout-out, Matt? Uh, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, I'm not sure what Orlando Cologne's favorite cartoon show, Saturday morning cartoon show, would be. Uh, maybe Batman. Maybe X-Men. Yeah. There's lots to choose from. <clears throat> so, Brad, we're continuing in our Sunday morning cartoon series. Where are we? We are at the 1989 to 1990 season. Um, this is actually the last year that ABC, CBS, and NBC are going to be our only networks on here. All right. So we're going to have uh, – got some new stuff coming up. So, Brad, why don't you take us through it? 
Okay, so as always, we um, we start with our I think our four time champion ABC. <laughs> he just have had this um, on lockdown, and I'm thinking they might hold on for yet another one. So we're gonna kick off with 8 a.m. A pup named Scooby Doo is back for its second season. Uh, I think Matt and I talked about this one a bit last time, and I think. I, I have good recollections of this. Um, it feels a little more... I don't want to say hip because that sounds lame, but it does sound... It it feels a little less out of place than some of these other cartoons we've watched. That it's like, well, you really are putting that out in the late 80s. This feels like something that should exist in like the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, available for that episode, but... Um... I don't. I don't like the only thing out of original Scooby Doo I like was is the hallway gag. That's the only thing from Scooby Doo I, I like. I can't really stand the rest of it. But a pup named Scooby Doo, I yeah, I'm I'm that guy. A pup named Scooby Doo I enjoy because they steer into so many of the just so many of the goofy and silly ideas. They don't they don't be like, oh, I guess we do that every episode. Like, they steer straight into it. Like, Fred is always wrong. And he's always convinced that he's right and stuff like that. Well, he's that. like so... a conspiracy theorist, like, um, into, like, science fiction head in the clouds. Like, they really did some stuff with their characterization that I thought added a lot of flavor. Yeah, and it it's, for, for me, that's fun to watch. The original Scooby-Doo never was. So I think this was fairly I'm well animated too. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it was. I the thing that I liked was that the animation style in the episode was the same animation that you had from the the intro. Like you know, some shows the intro has a super cool, great looking animation, and then you go into the show and it's like, oh yeah, we don't have the budget for that. Yeah, they use three fourths the budget for the introduction. <laughs> Okay, so then um, from 8.30 to 9.30, we have a cartoon that jumps networks. Um, So this is Disney's Gummy Bears and Winnie the Pooh Hour. So Gummy Bears has jumped from NBC to ABC, (gasps) which I feel like that's a big move. It's, um, you didn't see this happen much. As I remember, you would see um, you would see shows like jump for a final season if they got canceled. But I think what happened here is um, Disney pretty much owns ABC, and they were just bringing their properties in house instead mm. of having them spread out. Okay. <laughs> okay, so nine thirty to ten thirty, Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. Um, I think. We're still holding on to like actual Ghostbustery stuff, and we haven't gone to the, gotten to the Tom and Jerry s cartoons yet. <laughs> okay. So then, ten thirty, we have a debut and a cartoon I watched a lot of because it was on for a long time, and I think it was quite popular. But Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, I do remember this cartoon. I watched a lot of it too. Although I don't, I actually. I think I probably forgot that it was on Saturday mornings. I watched a lot of it in like syndication. It would come on 
weekday afternoons, mm-hmm. uh, probably in like the local, whatever was the local like syndicated channel here in DC. It was on Fox here. Yeah, I you think know it what? was on Fox here too. I think you're right. I think it was on Fox. This was interesting because um, a lot of times these cartoons based on movie properties don't do well minus Ghostbusters, but this kind of took the Beetlejuice concept and um, kind of really, in a nice way, expanded out like his life and hit like the netherworld side of things and like you met like his neighbors, they went to his house, they had like these weird commercial parodies that they did all the time. Mm-hmm. It's odd to me. Okay. All right. I'll go ahead. I finally did watch Beetlejuice, the movie. So that's crossed off the list. But this is odd to me because it, it like subverts the dynamic from the movie. I remember the theme song very well. It was a very catchy theme song. But it, it subverts the dynamic. And I'm kind of like, uh, what? They lighten him up a lot because he's really just evil in the movie. Yeah, he he kind of has like a, I wouldn't say evil, but he does definitely does have selfish, uh, sometimes uh, sinister motives. Yeah, I it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an alternate. It's kind of like an Earth Two Beetlejuice, honestly. Yeah, they um they also significantly well i think they completely played down the 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 kind of weird romantic overturns because that was part of the the concept of there was like there was an underlining i don't know how explicit it was but he was more infatuated with her i believe than (laughs) yeah well in getting go ahead it's well, and getting married to her, it's all right. Getting married to her also would let him stay in the living world as opposed okay. to getting booted back. So he, he, I mean, in in the movie, he's really a he's a selfish dick. <laughs> but yeah. then I didn't watch a whole lot of the show. Uh, it, but uh, looking back on it, it's like wow, that's a um, that's a that's a pretty big shift. So I mean, he is still a douche in the cartoon. But he is more like a pest than he was. They uh, they they really played up the the comedic act, aspects of it. So yeah, he, he was. They kind of removed like malicious, like the maliciousness of it. Yeah. He was just kind of like a. He was kind of more like a, a pest, like an annoyance, like a goofball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the because even in like the even in like the movie when they like bring him out, they really kind of regret it because he doesn't like. I think where they like even like the banister scene where he you know turns into the snake and pretty much just drops her dad like you know yeah. a story like um that's pretty that's pretty harsh What did you think of it as a movie? I know it's a little the the visual effects are a little <laughs> outdated now but what did you think? I'm assuming you're talking to me. Yes, because you just saw it um, recently. It, I mean, I, I get why people enjoy it. It is, I mean, wackadoo off the wall, unlike uh, unlike anything that was coming out at the time. Um, it's not as familiar now because it's it's inspired so many follow ups. But it's it's also it. <clears throat> 
I don't love it like some people do. I think it's fine. Um, you know, and and yeah, you know, that's okay. I, there, there's, there's some pieces of it that I still look at, and I'm like, <laughs> like connecting the things together. But even, even with the effects being a little bit dated, they don't look terribly out of place. It's very like, proto Tim Burton. Like, yeah, there's some, some topical stuff like the, uh, the, the mom from Home Alone's whole character, and and that, that's where I'm, I'm like, okay, that's dated. But you know. Goth teenager, not a big deal. Overworked dad who's who's trying to make a change that's better for his family. You know, that's classic, that sort of stuff. <clears throat> but, you know, it it's fine. You know, I understand why people get it. It's it's not ever going to be at the top of my list, but it's fine. Okay, I was just curious. I, um, I watched it actually, like, a lot as a kid. I actually, I mean, as a kid, you don't really appreciate a lot of the subtext. Yeah, where her um, right. it, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it till an adult when she's yelling at them one time. She thinks they're doing some like kinky sex thing, and that like totally <laughs> flew over my head as a kid. Yeah, same. Uh, but I enjoyed it as a kid. I watched it. I watched. It, it was one of those films that I watched like a lot. It's funny because nowadays, like, I never, I I just don't have time, so I, I rarely like rewatch movies. Or if I do, it's like I throw a movie I've already seen on as I'm doing other chores. I'm not really giving it my full attention. Mm-hmm. But as, it's weird. Like there, there's many movies. I could probably name like two or three dozen movies that I watched like multiple times as a kid. Like this was one of them. You know, Ghostbusters yeah. <laughs> one and two. I watched a lot as a kid. See, Back my, to the Future stuff like that. My rewatches as an adult are like easy dumb movies that you don't necessarily have to pay attention to. Like people are gonna people are gonna groan at this, and I like when we were on my honeymoon, we watched it, and my wife was surprised how much I knew about it. But like. One of my top movies, if it's on TV, I'll stop and watch it. Or if I just want some background noise, I'll put on is like Twister just because it's stupid. (laughs) Well, no, because it's stupid. You don't have to think about it. Like you're familiar with the movie, but it's also entertaining and like the effects are fun. And like they're like they're so ridiculous, like as characters. Carrie Elways as a villain in this for reasons that don't make much sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's such that is like that is like the perfect like t- turn your brain off and just like watch movie. Yeah, I've hey, got. Uh, a... Go ahead, Matt. Uh, sorry, guys. Hey, Brad. Yeah. Uh, I need I need silence from everyone for this. Uh, what about a what about an F five? <laughs> <laughs> That's finger God. Oh god! I, th- like I said, that's I'm trying to think of other ones that are like my rewatch. Sorry to break this cut, It isn't um, is it the one dude who died? Oh my god, I can't remember his name. Philip Seymour like, Hoffman. A, yeah, Philip Seymour. Isn't isn't he like a really douchey, like over the top dude? Yeah, like, yeah, man, yeah. Let's go yeah. chase hurricanes. It's well, like, oh he's he's excitable. He's not so much douchey. I don't think he's like mm-hmm. dust. I think his name was Dusty in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That movie was such a big hit, and I remember watching it like a, a, a year or two later after like the hype had ended, and I was like, "Oh my god, why? <laughs> why was this a hit? It's so bad." I didn't yeah. see it. I didn't see it in first run. I when they used to have like those um, like dollar theaters, you could see stuff like right after it came out of the real theaters, like a little oh, bit before yeah. it hit. Um, it hit. 
but um, mm. I saw it there. But why I think that was a big hit and had staying power, though, is right about the time that came out and um, was going to home video is about the time DVD was starting to get some, like, mm, some penetration. Yeah, yeah and, okay. Like, y- you want something, like, that's nice and, like, pretty for, like, that fancy new format, and I think that helped it a lot, too. That makes sense. Um, for for me, the the sit and watch it movies are ones that I've enjoyed immensely and paid attention to. So even if I've <clears throat> even if I miss something, I've already seen it, so I enjoy it. You know, I can watch Gross Point Blank, Hot Fuzz, and Gone in sixty seconds, no problem. Like whenever it's on, because I just got. I just enjoy them so much. I don't even if I miss something, I don't miss it because I know it's there. But um, by the way, the other just just for one other thing, I I did back in Beetlejuice the banana boat scene. I cracked the hell up during that, so uh, I forgot to mention That's that. That's probably the apex of the movie, honestly. Uh, it it definitely is, but that scene is that scene had me in stitches. So, okay, sorry. I haven't seen God in 60 seconds in a long time. <laughs> it just never gets old for me. It's got young Timothy Oliphant in it. I didn't put that together for a while. Yeah. My, uh, We're going to go back to watching Justified. We we watched the first season. Oh, and, yes. um, and then we're going to go back for the second. And yes. The, sh- oh, the, the show season so good. The show grew in my wife um, that for, as we watched the first season. But she was, she was just laughing because and I didn't. I, I years ago, years ago, I watched the the first season and nothing further. But I guess I didn't really remember this aspect or, or even acknowledge it at the time. But there were like every episode they worked in the title justified. Yeah. <laughs> so every time, like we have now seen Timothy Oliphant in, in other shows, and he's in recent in the last year or two, he's guest starred on uh, like Curb Your Enthusiasm, and he just actually had a an episode of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and every time my wife goes justify <laughs> like, like <laughs> the show. And it's like this running joke between the two of us. Space Raylan Givens is my fa- is one of my favorite things from Mandalorian. <laughs> For those who haven't seen Mandalorian season two, episode one, uh, it does have Timothy Oliphant in it and he is Raylan Givens. Like it's yes. the same character. He, he is... even talks the same. It's the same yes. drawl. He is straight up space Raylan Givens. Yeah. <laughs> You know what, um, because just to go back, because Matt and I crapped all over Star Wars, and there's been some news since then, but can you believe they got one, like, minor success, and then they just announced, like, 20 different Star Wars things, and, like, like, half of them don't even sound interesting? I'm very frustrated about that. Uh, I, we're only, like, we're halfway through, uh, The Mandalorian, about, and so I need to finish the season, but I, I am already, like, I like the show. I like it a lot. Um, I just am already annoyed because it's like, yeah, you 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 literally took the a license to print money with the Star Wars franchise, and you basically ran it to the ground in like like half a decade. You already like ran it to the ground, mm-hmm. and finally, like John Favreau, because he's actually competent and he's a he's a good creator, he comes along and basically saves your bacon, and yeah. then you don't you're, learn you're, your you're, lesson. No, you don't learn your lesson. Your solution is like, oh, okay, good. We have this. This the ship has been righted. Let's make uh, like twenty five new shows or movies. It's like no. But like like but like what I, what I, is um, 
Why are they obsessed with this Obi-Wan movie? Didn't they learn from Solo that people don't want to know? It's not a movie as far as I know. It's a, it's like a TV show. Oh. But, like, they, they, why haven't they learned? People don't need to know or have a desire to know. It, it's, if you already know where the story goes, then a lot of the zip's taken out of it. Well, I'm frustrated <laughs> because, it's look, it's one thing for... Mandalorian, I think it's set after Return of the Jedi, but before the the new sequels. Yeah. Um, so it does take place in the world where there is, you know, Luke Skywalker and all that other stuff. But you're not. Well, I, I know there's already like a spoiler for the the end of the season two of Mandalorian, but you're not for the most part seeing him interact that much. But they're already kind of creeping that in. They're already like introducing characters from the original trilogy and it's like i don't i don't want that like the thing that worked about mandalorian season one is that it was basically it's part like space western mm-hmm. part ripoff of lone wolf the lone wolf and cub like manga movie series which if you're gonna rip off something like i, I know i don't like I, it's it's better to have original stuff it's better to not be derivative but if you're gonna rip off something like it that's a good one to rip off. Well, like, I mean, a... it's also going it's also going back to the roots of Star Wars because the original <clears throat> trilogy is a rip off of Kurosawa <clears throat> films, so they just went back to ripping off Japanese samurai. The, the first stuff. Star Wars film is a Hidden very Fortress. Hidden Fortress. It's it's pretty much a rip off, and if, if for those who don't understand that, like watch the movie The Hidden Fortress, like. It's a, it, it's about rescuing a princess from a, a fortress. There's a couple like bumbling sidekicks, which you know clearly that became C3PO, R2D2. Mm-hmm. It's it's all there. But anyway, like I I'm just annoyed because they're like trying to push the from what I understand of the Obi Wan series. It's both. It's going to be. It's going to. They, they brought you and McGregor back, mm-hmm. and. It's not just, I think, going to be like, what's what did he get up to on Tatooine all those years? Like, I think they've already <laughs> indicated. I think they've already indicated. Oh yeah, we're gonna have like a lot of guest appearances by Darth Vader, and it's like, fuck you, come on. I don't want to see that. Yeah. But I've expressed this with with friends, and like I've talked to a friend of the show, <laughs> Damien. The dames, and he's yeah. like, like you know what? You're like, an, you're a minority. Most people want to see this, and I'm like, oh, great. It's really not. I don't though. know. They they say they do, but whenever it comes out, they're gonna get mad about it. They lost. They lost like fifty percent of the audience in that original trilogy. That that for the first trilogy <laughs> they did, Solo bombed, which I think is like the same concept as Obi Wan, and the merchant the merchandise sales are going down. Like, I think people want Star Wars. And I think there is like a thirst for good Star Wars, but I don't think Disney's capable of doing that because all they want to do is flood the market with as much shit as possible and hope something sticks instead of actually like taking their time and making sure yeah. it's good. Yeah, because they 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 do just want to flood the market because it's all about oh we need to hit we need to hit this uh, this specific numbers goal for uh, in profit for this quarter. Yeah. So we got to push all this shit out. It's like, no, no, you, the reason, again, the reason why Mandalorian worked is because all the other Star Trek crap was dying off. So then you had a TV show and it was like heavily marketed, but it was, 
it was very competently done. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, even though it's in the Star Wars universe, it was very much like self-contained for the most part. Mm-hmm. But they didn't learn a lesson from that. The lesson would – they could probably do more Star Wars stuff, but it's like, okay, Mandalorian was successful. Like maybe let's have a couple more shows. But as long as they're brief and they're done very well with good creators, like people would probably be okay with that. But if you're going to like in the next five years give us like you know 20, prop, 20 different things, it's like I, you're, you're not learning the lesson. There was... like as, as it is, this is like a – kind of like off topic but it's kind of like the same theme i i get that uh obviously the pandemic kind of put a it put a pin in a lot of the marvel stuff which i actually don't think is a bad thing i think after after like end game i think you needed a cooling off period for the marvel stuff yeah uh but now it's like oh like there's going to be four three or four five different marvel tv shows on disney plus and it's like I think those will be good because I've seen the previews and they all look very like high budget and I'm sure they learned their sure lesson got, from the Netflix shows that weren't very good. Yeah. And I'm sure like it's going to be limited in that. I doubt, I doubt any of these series are going to be more than like eight episodes per season. And I'm sure you're going to have like good, good creators behind it. So it might be fine. But again, I'm nervous because it's like, if you're giving me one or two things at a time, that's great. If you give people like, here's five things. I don't know. And I imagine like, again, they're not going to be putting all these shows out at once. Like it's going to be like, probably like one a quarter, I would imagine. But I don't know. I, I almost feel it's like it's going to be too much. Yeah. And I was kind of excited about Rogue Squadron and then Wonder Woman 84 hit. And it was like, uh, like I rescind my prior excitement for that film. Oh, is, I'm, is, is Patty Jenkins doing that? Yep. And, like, she was talking about how she was excited about it, and she seemed to be, like, a fan. And I was like, okay, like, they actually got someone that seems to like the property. You know, Wonder Woman had its problems, but it was okay. And then Wonder Woman 84 came out, and you find out that she got, like, all this creative control over it. And it's like, like, okay, if they just get her as a director, it might be okay. But if they gave her the keys to the castle, it's going to be a train wreck. It, that's the one thing out of everything they announced I was excited about was Rogue Squadron. Because the fighter jocks in in the Rebellion and the Republic are really cool, and they do awesome stuff, and they don't get focused on a whole lot unless you go into the, the Stackpole and Austin books, which I are was, really good. Yeah, I was going to ask if either one of you had actually read those books. Those were uh... – so back in the day, folks who who maybe be younger and and don't understand, like af in in the in the dark years before the the Star Wars prequels came out in like the late late nineties early two thousands, all you had was basically the extended universe Star Wars stuff, of which like that didn't really really seriously kick off until like like eighty nine ninety. Timothy when, Zahn with Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire oh, uh, so trilogy. Which I actually I almost want to go back and, and reread all of those books because they're they're really good. But I mean, there was a few there was a few like Star Wars ex- extended universe books that came out like in the eighties, but it was it wasn't that much. But once the yeah. Zon trilogy like really blew up, you had all these different books, and it got it got a little unwieldy. Yeah, let me because, let me give you. A, I'm I'm sorry, Matt. You finish your thought, yeah. and then I'll add to it. It got a little unwieldy because by the by 
by the end, you started after like 20 years, you had like dozens of books and things just got weird. And almost all of that stuff got retconned once you had yeah. um, these new movies, which basically created like a new continuity. But even though they, they clearly ripped off a lot of stuff from like, like, uh, Han and Leia's kid going evil and becoming the, the the Lord of the Empire, like that's something that was stolen from extended universe. That was yeah, that was from oh, Dark Disney. Empire. Disney totally killed <laughs> off the EU except like the popular stuff that they could market later. So yeah, although although like the <gasps> one thing that did survive was um, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes, yeah, sure. Oh, sure. God, he popped I up love in Thrawn. He popped up in Rebels, and I I would not be surprised if at some point he, he winds up in some sort of live action property. But anyway. Uh, so, I, I, I'm, I want you to get your thought in, Chad. I'm sorry for digressing yeah, so much, it's, but it's there, okay. there was like a, like a, I think like a 12 book series for the X-wing squadron. There was, there and, were, and it was so uh, good, eight. and it was, oh, it was only eight. I thought there was, yeah. Well, I, it, it was Rogue Squadron and then Wraith Squadron. Wraith, okay, Finish your thought, and then I'll, I'll. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm going on long. It's but okay. It was a great series. There was everything was. There was some like real gravity to it because characters would mm. die. Like mm. in any given book, that you were the only person you thought was safe was like the leader, like Wedge Antilles. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone yeah. else was in theory expendable, and it was good writing. I actually thought I told my wife like I was excited for Rogue Squadron, but I said this is also Disney, so they're gonna do something stupid like they're gonna intentionally antagonize the fan base and like gender swap wedge or something like that just because Ugh. that's what they do now but um they might have just so, pulled on someone I'm sorry Brad let me not um creative enough to handle it if they if they let her write if if Patty Jenkins just directs I think it'll be fine but if they like if they let her do like what she did with Wonder Woman I think it's going to be a train wreck so my follow-up to Matt's thing about the, the Star Wars legacy stuff, <clears throat> which is what they call that extended universe now. If you want if you want to read the good stuff, then there are basically three authors um, that you'd be you'd be okay with. Uh, the if if it's Timothy's on, um, then you're gonna be you're gonna be just fine. If it's Michael Stackpole, you're gonna be just fine. If it's Aaron Alston, you're gonna be just fine. <laughs> um, the you I, know, I wanna I wanna uh, just add a, a caveat that if you really want to read something that Michael Stackpole's done, I tend to think his BattleTech books are better than his Star Wars books. Dude, he's the one that did the Rogue Squadron books. They're so good. His BattleTech stuff, though, he did like the clan stuff in BattleTech. So, so the, he did Rogue Squadron, which was four books. Which also, in those four books, they covered the liberation of Coruscant. After that, they did. Is it four? Maybe it's five books. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm selling myself short, Matt. Um, <clears throat> But and then Aaron Alston did four books of Wraith Squadron. Wraith Squadron is not the same series. It's uh one two. It's like three. a sequel series of sorts. It, it it's a yeah. it's a different. Um, there are ten books, but it's a different squadron that gets built up. the The point of Rogue Squadron is Rogue Rogue Squadron is the best squadron. They recruit the best 
pilots. They run the tough missions. You know, impossible is our stock and trade. Race Squadron is meant to be, instead of, like, in Rogue Squadron, they recruited great pilots who had other skills. This time they turn around and they recruit people with useful skills who also happen to be able to be pilots. <clears throat> and that's um, that's Alston. And then there's two – there's some books that follow that, which is Starfighters of Andamar and Mercy Kill, which I, I haven't read those. But it's Rogue Squadron, Wedges Gamble, Kratos Trap, and Back to War. And then Race Squadron follows after. And also, okay, Kevin J. Anderson writing Star Wars books, I, I'm convinced, is going to give me an aneurysm. Oh, my God. And I, I, I'm, I've got to get this out there because it drives me nuts. Stuff doesn't make sense. Kevin J. Anderson's Star Wars books, he has two or three ways of describing characters, and you see him over and over and over again. For God's sake, it's just one of the same three. Every page, you see it again. And Darksaber is so dumb, it gives you a nosebleed. It's bad enough that his Jedi Academy trilogy... Um, Michael Stackpole wrote I Jedi to go back and retcon stuff behind the scene of what was going on during the Jedi Academy G trilogy so it would make some sense. Like, it's just – and that's not even the worst. The worst is getting into, like, the Crystal Star. Oh, my God. That I, is uh, – that is – I'm just going to – I'm going to interject. That is far and away, far and away the worst Star Wars book of all of them. Isn't it? I finished it. I was in high school. I finished that book. I was sitting in my room holding it. I finished the book. I closed it. That is like the notorious. first thought that went through my mind is how much time did I spend reading this garbage that I could have been doing something else? I took it. I threw it across my room. And then I learned deep down inside somewhere in the core of me, there's a dark place that has the capacity to kill somewhere in there. Because all of this time was wasted. Like that, um, right? like that, that is notorious even back into the nineties. Like if you were getting, if you were like someone was telling you which Star Wars books to read, that was always on the do not read this list because oh. it is just, it is, it is without a doubt like it's a terrible plot. It takes place between, um, it takes place between the first movie and the second movie. Do the only thing no. worse than it is um, that Dark Horse comic, Dark Forces, I think. No, the one that was the, dark. Dark Dark Empire. Dark em the one where the Emperor comes back and Luke goes yeah. like that was Dark Empire. Sith and comes back and then has like Sith and Jedi powers. Like it's worse than that, and I I hold that in very negative opinion too. Yeah. Um. Oh my. Like there are some of them that are just like they're okay. Um, the courtship of Princess Leia is, it's okay. It's not particularly good. It's got some ideas that don't go anywhere. It's, it, it's okay. Yeah. You but, know what I, you know what I used to like that were not Star Wars though, were when they were doing those Star Trek TOS and Star Trek TNG books that were like read like an episode of the series. Uh, don't remember that. Those are there are a lot of those. Okay. Uh, oh, the other one, the 
the Karelian trilogy by Roger McBride Allen is it's all right. You 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 be it's got a weird thing going on with the Dyson sphere as part of it, but you know it's okay. That you're not it's not going to be. I thought um. It's hit and miss within the book, but I thought the Cantina short stories anthology was pretty good. Okay, that is the Tales from Most Isolated Cantina. the The realm of quality is so wide in it. Like there's there's at least one story in it that is so basic. It's like high school writing class basic. Yeah. And then on the other end, you've got some you got some super quality stuff. Like the the one with the band is really good. That one's pretty good. Um, Zahn's story about the the hammer tong with the Tonica sisters is really good. And there's one I can't remember that's in the the one about the bartender is actually kind of amusing too. But wow, we went far afield. Yeah, we, so uh, we, let's drag it back over. Okay. So eleven to noon, <laughs> we have Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show in its usual spot. So. That is ABC. I feel like that is a pretty strong lineup of shows. I feel like if you watch that from 8 to noon, you would not be upset about your time spent. Yeah, you'd be all right. Okay, so uh, what do, do well, let's Matt, do you have any thoughts on the ABC lineup? Uh, I do think that's a pretty solid lineup. Um, as we talked about with the last cartoon show, I didn't mind Pup Named Scooby-Doo. Um, I like, I overall like to see Scummy Bears, even though by this point it was kind of like, uh, kind of a little bit played out. Um, yeah, and you're getting more I gummies. Love... You're getting like, um, you're getting that like, you're just getting more gummies at this point. Because I think they were, like, they were getting into those like warrior gummies that they like ran into and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like, obviously, I love Real Ghostbusters. That's one of my favorite cartoons of all times. But by now, they had gone into the whole, like, Slimer yeah. and the Real Ghostbusters. So it's a little more, like, cartoony. Um, like, child, like, for children, obviously. Um, Beetlejuice is a good show. Uh, I, I, again, I watched this more when it went syndicated. Not so much when it was uh, on ABCs. And obviously, like, any sort of Looney Tunes stuff is good. So this is actually a pretty solid lineup, in my opinion. I think this is one of the better lineups we've seen since we've done this. Yeah, there's nothing that I mean. Well, again, by this point, Real Ghostbusters is kind of like was on the <laughs> downward slide. Um, but overall, that was a solid show. But other than that, like, there's not a lot of stuff that's like, oh my god, can't miss. But it's just solid. Yeah, there's at least three strong points in this lineup, depending on on your how you feel about it, which is a lot more than we can say of a lot of time periods we've covered. Yeah. So uh, we're going to head over to CBS in a show. I have no recollection of Dink the little dinosaur. I have zero recollection of this. I even looked up Uh, pictures of it and I have no idea. And you know, what's really weird is I remember Denver, the last dinosaur and like there's, they're strikingly similar, similar titles. Denver, the last Oh, God, don't do that. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's going to you... be in your head now. <laughs> did you guys ever watch... Um, five days. Did you guys ever remember Dinosaucers? Yes, I was actually going to mention that. I remember that. that. So what, 
I forget exactly. Were they supposed to be like alien dinosaurs? Yes. Or because they all had like okay. specialized ships too. Like each dinosaur had his own like specialized like fighter. And I think I actually think one that was like a syndicated show, not a Saturday morning cartoon yeah, show. And I actually think chronologically that that show came out before '89. Um, that was a I watched a lot of that show and I actually thought I kind of enjoyed it at the time. It was fun. Let's see what I recognize the character models, but I don't remember the show. And they could like, like they I, could I like it. do something where they could turn into like a real dinosaur for like a couple minutes. I'm looking at a splash from it right now and I'm like, okay, I recognize these character models. I don't remember the show for nothing, but I recognize the character models. It, it's like very um like you would know all the voice actors and stuff and 87 that's a lot older than i thought it was mm. <clears throat> yeah, it had six, but, yeah it was syndicated because it had 65 episodes uh but no i i don't i don't remember dink at all i got nothing nope. there i haven't looked at him and it's just like a cute little dinosaur and i'm like i don't know how they made like a show out of this Oh gosh, did they do? Did they pull the Godzilla Godzuki hour where the title characters didn't weren't the main characters of the show? Probably, I imagine. Okay. Let's see. So we're gonna we're gonna leave this because I have nothing to say about it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I can't imagine it lasted past this year, but we'll see next year. So uh, from eight thirty to nine thirty, we have Muppet Babies still hanging in there. I feel like I love Muppet Babies, but I feel like I feel like you're getting into oversaturation te- territory with this, where you're like <laughs> you're like five years in and you're still doing an hour of it. Yeah, it it was probably the only consistent performer they they had for a long time. Yeah. Um, we've said a lot about Muppet Babies. That's a quality show that needs to get a DVD release at some point. Mm. So, um, <coughs> nine thirty to ten, we have Pee Wee's Playhouse, which we, if you want to listen to that, I think eighty six or eighty seven episode, we talk about um, the main <laughs> actor and his um, checkered past of perversion. Yeah. So then um, 10 to 10.30, we have a show that I did not realize that this actually got like a Saturday morning run because I thought the California Raisins were just like, just got like those primetime specials like once or twice a year. I remember that they had a show, but I don't think it lasted very long. I think this was, this looks like they didn't even make it to spring. Nope, they're still there in the spring. Wow. I think this lasted a year, but I think this is also this was striking a little late after they had started waning in popularity. I think like their peak was about two years ago and then they're trying to like cash in on it. Yeah, that would make sense. I don't know how you it's too big of an ensemble cast and it turns everybody into caricatures and it's it works better uh, as like it works better as like a twice a year primetime animated special that's 30 yeah minutes. you get some stop action stop action temptations action everyone has a good time they chuckle about it being the california raisins and you go on with life yeah so now 10 30 to 11 30 uh this is a personal favorite of mine and I, matt and i discussed this previously but garfield and friends 
Yeah. Good show. Yep. Do you have any thoughts on Garfield and Friends, Chad? Um, it was fine. It was. <clears throat> it, 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 as a kid, I you know, I thought it was fine. Uh, I got a little tired of some of the recurring jokes, and then the the um, what was the other the whatever acres? U.S. Acres. Like the other half. U.S. Acres. That's right. Had some fresher stuff, but <clears throat> I don't know. It, it was fine. It just didn't strike the same kind of chord with me. I told I told Matt what my personal headcanon of U.S. Acres is, and that is that um, the U.S. Acres cast are the farm animals on John's parents' farm. That would make sense. Yeah. So then, um, eleven thirty, we're gonna get into an offensively bad show. I watched the opening to this, and it's terrible. It's actually, um, if you ever saw the Poochie episode of The Simpsons. This is Poochie, and this is Rude Dog and the Dweebs. I have no recollection of this. No, no. I, I I don't have any recollection of it. I did watch the intro, and it might quite possibly be the worst <laughs> show I've seen. It, it it like Superman from '88 might be worse, but this is up there. Like it is offensive. Wow. There, the the only thing I think that um offended me more when i've researched this is when we go a few years in the future and they do the yogi characters as children that one i found to be really offensive Mm -hmm. because they like they take like the yogi characters and they try to like 90s them up in like 92 or 93 and you know they're trying to be like 90s extreme with like 40 year old characters and it's just terrible you know what you know what the, the the yogi one is like and this one kind of felt like that. It's the it's the it's the new meme of hello fellow children. <laughs> hello fellow kids. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's what that felt like. Um, I recommend taking a look at the intro because you will be disgusted with it. I don't. Uh, just look don't at a picture of it. Look at a picture of it, and like you'll get douche chills just from like just Google just Google search Rude Dog and the Dweebs, and like the first image right, that comes up, right. you're gonna hate. All right, all right. I'm doing that right now. Images. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. What? What? No. It's like a dog with a car. Nope, I'm out. Yeah, see, I told you. That's it. I'm done. It's bad. Nope. (laughs) Okay, so noon we have the adventures of Raggedy Ann and Andy. I can't actually believe that made it two years. Yeah. And at twelve thirty the CBS story breaks hanging on. So I feel like the meat of their lineup's decent, but I feel like they have some really low effort shows in there with um Dink and Rude Dog. Those are really blights on there. An otherwise okay lineup. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw shade at the California raisins. I mean they took their shot at it, but it it just wasn't gonna work. Yeah. So now NBC has a lot of turnover this year. Uh, NBC really brings in a lot of new stuff. They obviously were trying this year, I feel like. Four new shows. Yep. Um so at eight we have Alf Tales hanging in there for another year. Okay. You know, the Alpha animated stuff really had a lifespan that I don't remember it having. Like, it really hangs in there for a long time. I, if you had 
if you had asked me, I would have probably like before we were started doing this like whole retrospective, I would have said like, yeah, maybe it lasts like a year. Yeah. But no, it lasts a lot longer than that. I think it's in year three. Because Alf Tales mm. is on year two, and I think Alf showed up a year before. But Alf was really popular for a couple years. Like the the, the sitcom did not only <laughs> lasted four years, I think, and then they did that weird like follow up movie because they ended it on a cliffhanger. They did that weird like follow up movie in the late nineties, but the sitcom didn't last that long. No, it it was only a couple seasons, wasn't it? I think four. Was it? I know that there were the actors who. The the human actors hated it because they had to have all those trap doors on the set for him to do his thing, and they kept falling through them. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. That's hilarious. I mean, well, that and, and the guy that created Alf was apparently a huge douche about it. But uh, unsafe work environment, someone tough to work with, I, I get it. He's got to protect the gimmick, brother. I know he's got to protect the gimmick, but you don't work yourself into a shoe, he brother. Still gets, he, still gets, um, he still gets work as Alf. Does he? <laughs> he has, a, he has a, like an AT&T commercial with Hulk Hogan from like the 2000s. Why does that sound familiar? He growls at like Hulk at the end. I'd, I'd have to look. He was just in something know. recently, actually, as Alf. Hmm. I had one of the big plushies of Alf, like, like the real big ones. Do you remember the, I think they were Burger King toys, like the little Burger King toy Alfs that were, like, stuffed ones, but they, like, it was, like, basketball Alf for, like, just various things. Hmm. I'd... I I don't have a clear enough memory to recall on that. Okay, so the next one, I actually have a lot of recollections of watching this. Um, I will not vouch for the quality of it, but I do have good memories of it. But Camp Candy, so what this is, is essentially, <coughs> somehow, I don't know if John Candy signed up for this or sold this, but like he's doing like a voice for a camp counselor while himself. And so it's like a summer camp show, I think eventually they get John Candy to do like live intro segments for like a later season. I have vague recollections of that. I got nothing here. I remember this show, but I can't really say that I watched a lot of it. It held on for a long time, I think. I think it holds into holds on for like 2 or 3 years. Uh I think you're right on that. And I know, like, um, I know the Family Channel brought it back at some point in, like, the late 90s. Like, in syndication. I know it came back at some point. Like, they didn't do new episodes, but I do remember, like, the episodes coming back at some point. This is going to be weird, but I remember, as a kid, being, like, a big John Candy fan. And it was probably entirely from, like, Uncle Buck. And maybe maybe Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, Uncle um, Buck was a good one. There was well, planes, trains, and automobiles would have been out then. Yeah, yeah. And um, nothing but trouble. <clears throat> yeah. And I remember, I actually remember where I was when I found out that he passed away. Because I was at like a school. I was I was basically when did he die? I think it was he died like in the summer. Yeah, 
Thank you. On that time, I was at like an after school, like school had just got out for summer break and it was like a, like a house party. And I was young. I was, I was like very young, but it was, you know, it was one of those things like when you're a kid, it's like, okay, school is out, like invite all your, all the kids from class over to your house, that type of deal. And like it, it somehow it came on the, we had the, oh, I guess he died in March. I don't know. Somehow we were at a party and it like came on the news that he died. And I was like, what? Cause back then, like you don't really understand. And it's kind of uncommon. I feel when you're a kid, like you don't really see a lot of people that yeah, cause you I remember, like an entertainment die. I remember Jim Henson dying was like a real shock. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what? I would have been a big John Candy fan from looking at his filmography is the great outdoors. <clears throat> mm, yeah. And, um, I also, cause it was on TV a lot and him mud wrestling, those women in stripes, like still cracks me up <laughs> to this day. <laughs> stripes is an odd one. Cause it's, it's really two movies. That's only tangentially correct. Uh, connected. Um, it's amazing but, how much of the Ghostbusters cast is in that. Yeah. Well, I mean that's that that was um that was Murray and Remus. I guess they made did they make Stripes before Ghostbusters? Yes. That was Stripes so, is like 78, I think. No, it's 81. Looking at it. So they made that and they were like, "Okay, these are quality people. Let's bring them back." So all right. Okay, hold on. I have to go back. Okay, so buckle up, people, because this is about to get salty. <laughs> so, um, I will say I'm gonna fess up now before I, I shit all over it. I I was a big Nintendo fanatic, so this was like much watch TV for me until I got older and realized it sucked. <laughs> um, I'm gonna just fess up to that now. But Captain N, the Game Master, makes its debut from nine to nine thirty. So, um, essentially what this is, is guy gets sucked through his TV playing punch out with his dog and goes to video land. I think it was called. Yeah, I think so. And, um, he joins up with various protagonists from various video games, no Nintendo games, um, because they would get sued. Well, no, Lincoln Zelda show up eventually. No non Nintendo, I think. Yeah. So and then he um, Mother Brain was the yeah video land Mother Brain was the chief antagonist Mother Brain and then her minions were King Hippo with his giant ass nipples and uh, eggplant (laughs) (laughs) and I and like Donkey Kong was like in and out like here and there like I think he just like was his own deal and he had like. Okay, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, which is the reason I remember this. But he had a zapper in a in a holster, and his belt buckle was an NES controller that I I guess he could pause with. He could I don't pause, know. but he could also like he could do like the. I have vague recollections. I think he could use the directional pad to um to move suddenly. Okay, the thing that frustrates me <laughs> in watching the show. Is that all the characters talk like assholes? Well, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, Yeah, they did that Link crossover from the animated series, and Link was such a prick. But um, 
like, okay, you've got what Mega Man, King Icarus, Princess Lana, like, okay, they're eh, whatever. But the fact that they took Simon Belmont, the 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 gutsy adventurer that set out to to take on Dracula in the Castlevania games and turned him into this cowardly flouncing ponce boggles my mind. Yeah. Well, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Well, but then you had, like, Kid Icarus said Ikikus after everything, and I think Mega Man said Mega all the time. He, like, had some Smurfitis there. Yeah, well, so what we had is people who couldn't figure out how to handle characters and so they needed they needed a less likable foil to go with Captain N I guess gee oh it lasted a long time though I think they got a lot of mileage out of it because of because I mean Nintendo was huge at the time so this might have been bad but it was like riding a (laughs) now Brad I I need for you to clarify something for me because this thought occurred to me did they have did did Captain N the Game Master tie in with the NES game show that they had? No. There was a different one, so there was like um it was it was a game show. There was video power. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yes, because that's the one that so that one was like so they had a game show, but then there was a cartoon attached to that. But I believe that was like Konami properties because I think that was like a character from Arch Rivals and then they like were facing the bad guy from NARC and they'd ride ride around in Bigfoot. I don't remember anything about the animated section. That's why I asked. Look up. um, Let me let me let me let me Google. I've got the Wikipedia in front of me. I'm trying to look up the, the game show section of it. Because I remember that part and thinking to myself, wow, um, I don't know if I'd – no, this is a different one than I would that I was thinking. I think this is a different one I was thinking of because the – I think the other one I was thinking of, they started out with more kids on it and more more consoles being used. And then they would whittle down who was still in it. I'm looking at an and, image. They it looks like they have some tomato guy that was a Game Boy game, Bigfoot, the guy from Wizards and Warriors, a basketball player from Arch Rivals, and um, one of the the Narc guys. Okay, maybe 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 it is. I don't. Let me see what company it was from though. They were prod. I think they were all Konami properties. Okay, because well, I, I remember on the show they they had an episode where they were playing um, Bart versus the aliens, and there were instructions to all the kids to not use the phone booth, and half of them did it anyway. I think that was Video Power. Was it? Yeah. Okay. So then, Video well, Power I, would be the I, game show portion, and then the Power Team was. Um, was the cartoon but then if you if you um if we i think it might show up on here but that might have been in syndication if you get a little into the 90s i think into the next year or the year after 
you get Game Pro TV, and I think that was JD Roth as the host. And that was like a video game review show with some tips. Mm. But I don't know if that was official. I know here it was on Saturday morning, but um, I do not know if that was um, like officially on the schedule or a syndicated thing. Because I remember seeing, I think, a review for Mega Man 4 on that at some point. And I used to do like, did you ever get Game Pro the 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 magazine? I did. No, but I read it off the newsstand at the grocery store while mom was shopping. Well, like they would do like the <laughs> when they would review a game, they'd have like the little their little symbol which showed if it was good or not, like with the guy, and they would like spin and then they would do it. But like also, um, JD Roth did TV's Funhouse. Which was a Fox... Well, it was on Fox here, but like the game show Funhouse. Okay. Um, so, but I think he was the host. I'm pretty sure he was the host. I think he's like a big like name in Hollywood now, too, like as a producer or something. Looking him up, I didn't realize this. He actually co-created the show The Biggest Loser. Wow, really? Which was, which was actually has been a pretty big you know, reality show uh, going on like a decade or more. Cause I remember looking him up and um, I was like, cause I remember him from those two things. But I'm like, wow. Like he like really quietly was like super influential in Hollywood. Hmm. Cause like, I guess I must've remembered the biggest loser thing, but he's, he's still around, I think. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can, if you're able to move into that, like producer role, uh, I mean, you can get you can get really good work. You can just keep going on and on forever. Yeah. And he, if he created Biggest Loser, even if that's like the only thing he had, the only iron in the fire, he probably like really cashed out just on that because that show ran has been running for years. I think it actually still is around in some form, and was big enough that he probably like got a lot of money from that. I guess look, he still has stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Biggest Losers are still going on in 2020. I mean, just he the produced. Royalties. He produced a, a documentary for Ariana Grande, which I know. I guess that was a couple years ago, but I've that, I've seen that like on Netflix. So, yeah, I mean, still doing stuff. Yeah, uh, to the other thing that struck me when I was looking this up for video power was it, it also struck on, I guess it was competing with Nickelodeon arcade, which, um, I don't remember that super fondly, <laughs> but I don't know. The, the thing about captain N and the game master, at least to me at, when I was a kid is it struck me as, and I, I don't know the timing off the top of my head, so I might just be wrong in this, and it, it was the impression I had as a kid. But it seemed like an afterthought, like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show came out, and then like, oh, we got to do another one, and they came up with this. Maybe I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, that's fine, but that was the impression that I had, and that was a way better show than this. I, I like Captain N for for a kid in in this time period. Just great hook, not staying power. It was super frustrating. 
You still with me, Matt? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I, I got distracted. Um, it's all right. Uh, can I go back a second? Because I had actually had to yeah. step out for a minute, for just a yeah. minute. Go for it. Um, just talking about Captain N. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think you guys had moved on by the time I came back. But I remember, while it wasn't like that great of a show, I remember, like, I watched, I probably watched every episode. And I just, rem- it, it really did work as like a fantastic commercial <laughs> for me because i wanted to play like all the games they feature it's like the second best uh nes commercial of all time after the movie the wizard right yeah and most of the games that they they kind of featured like i i probably have played and most of them i probably didn't like that <laughs> that much but um they did shoot they did obviously some classic stuff that i enjoyed like um like mega man uh punch out so castlevania Although again, I, I'm sure you guys talked about it, but it was criminal that they they made Simon Belmont to yeah this like mincing idiot yeah that, that was my biggest thing my the biggest confusion to me yeah have you seen the Netflix Castlevania I have not um it's graphically violent and there's a lot of actually like graphic there's even some graphic sex in it. Okay. Uh, for an animated show, uh, I think. I think it's. I don't think I don't know if it's Grant Morrison or Warren Ellis who did the the show. Uh huh. Let me look that up really quickly. Um, I honestly, oh, it looks okay. It, it was it was Warren Ellis, and it was one of the two. Um, I just don't like it. I've watched. I think they've even had maybe like three like three seasons of it and first it's not that bad second season i just felt like like went off the cliff it was just was awful yeah i i (laughs) go ahead i had some people tell me about it and i'm just like i don't care about castlevania that much i mean i like it but it's like i i did not like the second season so much that there's a looks like there's a 10 episode third season and it's like I, I i don't know that i want to even bother maybe eventually i will but uh it, it just was painful to get through yeah it that that doesn't surprise me it's it god it's just not um it's just not something that's ever like the castlevania series is fun to play but i never got into the uh never really dug the lore a whole lot like i got to play a little little bit of castlevania 3 which mm-hmm. was the one where you could switch the characters but not much and i i was kind of intrigued by that but that, that was really it so and they're like oh there's a castlevania show and i'm like eh. i mean the games are pretty hard yeah actually if you think about it <laughs> flipping medusa heads yeah mm. Those things are the worst. But as for the show, I'm just not. I don't know. I'm not there. Right. That that ain't doing it for me. Um. So I will go ahead. I'm going to take us. I'm going to pull this up real quick. But I want to take us for the the next show that's in the list is it is the Karate Kid cartoon. Um which I have only the vaguest 
memories that it existed. I don't have a whole lot of I don't have a whole lot of of, of recollection with it. I otherwise. feel like I I recognize the I won't even say title sequence. I, I just think like the uh, like the poster, the promotional poster, uh-huh. and nothing else of it. And looking it up, yeah. Wow. Okay, so they had. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I misread Wikipedia. Okay, so there was there was this season, mm-hmm. which lasted apparently like thirteen episodes. Yeah. And it was supposed to be sixty five because they were supposed to do like full like syndication. Mm-hmm. Which, as we talked before about uh, a lot of these shows, like sixty five was like this almost like the standard order. Yeah. Uh, they didn't. They, I guess they did not do that. I guess it wasn't that um, <laughs> successful. Yeah, I, I was looking um, at the the synopsis on Wikipedia, and I guess they were wandering around trying to find, cleanse something or other, some shrines of some sort. They're trying to yeah, there's a miniature shrine with magic powers is taken, and they're trying to recover it. And so they keep going to different locales. So I guess the idea was it's, it's supposed to be like a like a, a quest type show. But ah, uh, you know I'm not. Well, they still they got Pat Morita's voice for it. I mean, <clears throat> that dude likes to work. Yeah, but it, it's. <clears throat> I just barely remember that this was even a thing. I I only remember it because um, it was all over comic books. Oh, was it? Ads for it. Because you used to get a lot of Saturday morning cartoon ads in comic books. And this is about the time I was starting to dip my toe in deeper. Mm-hmm. And like, I, this is about where I like... I feel like I, I agree. I, I remember this actually from comics now that you mentioned it. It's already cut you in. Because I remember this in there a lot. And that VHS, like, D&D game was all over comics for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never watched it, I don't think. Uh, then, from what Matt was saying, they're, they're shot for... Shooting their shot for the full syndication and only getting 13 episodes. <laughs> I don't think it was popular. Yeah. I mean, it, it misses the point of, like, part of what makes the, the Karate Kid uh, popular is that, that Daniel is identifiable as this underdog. And you turn him into this globe-trotting hero type who, according to the, um, the formula, Daniel overcomes the villains in every, you know, every time it's like, well, the point of the movie is that he doesn't overcome until the very end. So it's like, well, let's just completely miss the point of what makes the character, you know, something that, um, is interesting. I think this also is when the karate kid was like losing its popularity because I think this was probably paired up with three coming out, which I don't think was super well received. I don't think it 
Was three the one where he was being trained by John Kreese or something, or someone like John Kreese? He was being trained by Terry Silver, who uh, was in line with John Kreese. Ah. And that was uh, that was when <laughs> Daniel-san briefly joined Cobra Kai, because Terry Silver was actually part of Cobra Kai. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember watching... I so Karate again. I mentioned before there was there was several movies that I would watch like over and over again. Like Karate Kid was one of them, um, and I would watch Karate Kid two a little bit, but not as much. And I I didn't really like Karate Kid three that much, so I watched it maybe like a couple times. Two but... wasn't that good either. <laughs> no, but uh, I have to talk about it since we're now discussing Karate Kid, the franchise. Have either one of you seen? The, the Cobra Kai show on Netflix. No, I've seen some of it. Uh, because it's on my to-do list, but it was on YouTube for the longest time. Okay, when all of you when have watched it, I almost want to do a show just talking about karate. Uh, sorry about <laughs> Cobra Kai. With let's bring in Chris, Christy Petrillo because he could talk all day long about it. I think he's seen every season, even though three just came out like twelve days ago. I think he's seen every season like multiple times already. <laughs> I was gonna say when you when you said the words Cobra Kai, do you think his ears perked up where he lives and he started looking around and going, "What's it's, happening?" Let's. I'll do a callback to Star Wars. Who he's probably like Obi Wan. All of a sudden, wherever he is up there, Rhode Island, <laughs> up in Rhode Island, he probably just like like had to hold on to something. Like oh, I felt a great disturbance in the Force because I mentioned Cobra Kai in his name. <laughs> um, you know, I. I watch, my wife and I watched like the first season and that was back when they were it was only on YouTube Red. I had to get a YouTube Red subscription. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I to watch seen it for a long time. To watch like I actually like to watch the first two seasons. Um and we watched it and honestly, it's a really really good show. And we in preparation for season 3, we actually rewatched the first two seasons again. And watching them over again, there's actually tons of little details and things that I didn't necessarily pick up the first time that I appreciated more. Um, it is totally – I will say like – I'll use like the, the, the slang term red pill. It's a red pill for like being a Johnny Lawrence. Yeah. And, like honestly, after the first season, if I first watched it for the first season, I'm like, oh my god. Like Karate Kid – it totally flips Karate Kid on its face. It's like Karate Kid was like bullshit. Like Daniel's son is actually the bully. He's the jerk asshole. And Johnny Lawrence is the hero. <laughs> and honestly, I, I haven't been moved from that. Like I actually like Johnny Lawrence way more than Daniel LaRusso. He's so fucking annoying, Daniel LaRusso, <laughs> in the show. A lot of bad shit that happens in the show is because Dan, like Danny LaRusso just can't get over himself. Uh, and there's a lot of there's unfortunately there's too much Daniel LaRusso in season three but season three like I felt it started off slow and then by the end it got so good that my wife and I binge watched it we literally watched the 10 episodes season three and um in like a day it within not like the same day we started it like Friday night and then we we like plowed through it by we stayed up in like 1 a.m on Saturday watching and it was so good. So I want I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it with Christy Petrillo. I'll get, if I'll you guys, get working on it. If you guys don't, then I'm just, I'll just maybe I can do a dark yeah. <laughs> match with him. I'll get I'll get working it so on it. I'll fun. get working on it after this week. So I I got most of the way through the first season, didn't watch the second, and then started on the third because it it kind of seemed like most of the stuff I would pick up from the second season I got from the recaps. 
Um, maybe that's not fair, but the third has the third has intrigued me. So I was so I was I was kind of looking at this in its timeline, and I was thinking back to when I was I was eight in '89. So this is when I probably start having pretty good memories of like the world and like what being a kid was like. And um, at this point, the first Karate Kid movie is like five years in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really I know I know they probably released this to be like to cash in on Karate Kid three, but like. I don't, I don't, Matt, Matt would be, would have been a little older than me. So I think he would have a good shot at having some memories here. I don't know. Shad would have been a little younger, so he's probably got spar- sparing ones, but I don't feel like as a kid at the time, the karate kid still had any heat like with us. Um, I, again, I, I'm kind of old. <laughs> I, I actually announced my true age last episode and the Brody show. Yeah. I, I, maybe we can edit that part. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll out myself here. I'll out myself here. Uh, when this show releases, I will be having my 40th birthday. So yeah, I'm your not... birthday's coming up real quick. Yeah, it's yeah, tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow for this recording. If you're if you're listening to this, I the the release day of this episode is my 40th birthday. So I'm I'm old too. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, not far behind. I'm I consider myself a child of the 80s, so. I was like, I was into Karate Kid, uh, but I, I mean, I never, I didn't ever watch it in the theaters. It was more just like on VHS. But then I, I really like liked it, so I would watch the movie a lot. Um, I feel like it had a little bit of heat because probably by the time I was watching this and on VHS is when probably Karate Kid Two came out. And I think Karate Kid Two it still had some some heat. By Karate Kid Three, like yeah, like it was already kind of like. So it's really, yeah, people like really like, didn't care that much. I feel like we were like I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is also bad timing too because like this is like this isn't quite the height of Nintendo Mania, but this is like this is like right before it just explodes. Because to me, the height of mm. Nintendo Mania is Mario Three. Mm. But this is like there's a ramp up. Yeah, this is like this is definitely like you're getting into that though because I think I think the Super Mario Brothers Super Show was out at the time and you know if you were talking to kids at school you're talking about like the negative world and Mario and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it was, and, and and the Karate Kid game came out which was kind of an odd there's an abgn for that i believe yeah there is uh i haven't watched in a long long time but i I need to go dig it up all right what's that take us into then uh that takes us from 10 to 11 which is the smurfs which is still fucking hanging on i think this is finally it's last year though i think this is the swan song okay and then 11 to 11.30, we have the Chipmunks hanging in there still. I think they might have another year in them or two. All right. For this next one, we all need to be real careful because <laughs> it was a joke about Cobra Kai, but I'm almost serious about the disturbance in the forest from <laughs> friend of the show, Christy Petrillo, whenever we bring this up. So this is this was... There was a point, I think, 
a couple years after this, you could you could literally watch this show from like four o'clock to seven o'clock <laughs> if you had cable. <laughs> and it had a break at five o'clock for the local news. Yeah. No, but I mean, like if you if you had cable between like WGN, like TBS and probably like a local station that picked it up, you could watch like four hours of Saved by the Bell a day. Yeah, you could. I, I I question whether or not you should, but you absolutely could. So this was like, I mean, I this was a powerhouse. I enough that they tried to run with it in prime time for the college years. And this is yeah. So what they did essentially is they took they took some cast members from I think a Disney Channel show. That had gone oh, a season morning, or two Ms. called Bliss. Yeah, Good Morning Miss Bliss. Because I think that mm. takes place in Indiana. Mm. Hang on, let me I'm I'm clicking through to the Wikipedia now. Okay, because I think they take Zach, Mr. Belding, Screech, and Lisa. Yeah. And then add uh, in um you know what's what's funny about this is I believe Mario Lopez has had the best career out of out of them uh, uh tiffany Thiessen had a pretty good career out of it but i mean mario lopez went away for a while but then he hit that like daytime talk circuit like in the mid 2000s and he's never gone away yeah like that dude is working. i would i would agree with you i actually think he has the best one uh christy patrillo might argue that uh mark paul gosler <laughs> has had the best one but yeah. i would disagree i know mark paul gosler has worked consistently though so mm -hmm. he hasn't had a bad one i actually even say that he's had a better one than uh tiffany amber theason although tiffany amber theason probably outside of mario lopez probably had the most um the most high profile stuff because wasn't she on like melrose place or something back in the yeah. day i think she was yeah, on 90210 so... she was on 90210 i think okay she was on, she was one, on one, yeah. yeah oh yeah it wasn't a 90210 okay um but Mark Paul Gossler has continued to work, and he's been on like a, a lot of different stuff. He even recently had like uh, he had a show on like ABC, a mixedish, which is kind of like a I think a prequel to the Blackish show. Yeah, the Blackish show has actually become like a franchise. I think there's like two or three shows. Related I didn't realize to that. he was on NYPD Blue. Yeah, he was on that for a while. And I, I do remember seeing Dead Man on Campus. And then Screech beat up Danny Botafuco in China on Celebrity Boxing in the <laughs> early 2000s, didn't he? He's he's kind of gone on to be a professional douche nozzle. And then he, um, he obviously has a sex tape with a dirty Sanchez on it. Ugh. Um... Is he? And, um, well, and you know what? His career might, even with all that being said, he's in a dead heat with. Um, uh, oh God! Now I'm gonna with uh, uh, Elizabeth Berkeley on how their careers have gone. Oh, Elizabeth Berkeley! Like Showgirls just tanked that. Yeah. The only good thing I think she's been in is she was in Any Given Sunday, but she was still just there to be naked and be a, a hooker. So um, she kind of got typecast there. 
She was on a few episodes of Titus as Titus's sister, and she did a good job with that. But I mean, man, but that was just a guest spot. I mean, is Showgirls possibly like the worst movie of all time? Not remotely. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen some really, really bad films. That's that's a, a bad film, but it's almost like it's almost like um. I don't I don't know like the right adjective to use. It's one of those ones that's almost like like it's quaint. It's like it's almost like kitschy. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like camp. It's like just it's so bad but you can watch it and like have a laugh at it whereas I've seen films that are just like egregiously bad. I think she made like, the I, classic a great description, man. She made the classic child actor mistake, I think. Um, oh, trying to go too adult too fast. Yeah, trying to go like mm. I'm going to show everyone I'm not the same person. I'm going to get naked. Like I think that's like the worst thing you can do as like a child actor. Mm. Because that like I there's just something about that I think that just tanks your profile because usually if you're doing that one you're you were back in the day you were posing for Playboy um or you were picking like a really shitty movie mm. to get that and then that like tanks your value especially that's, if it's like that's called the, pulling lohan yeah it's especially if that's like the first <laughs> thing you do because i think you have to like i think like for like a tiffany amber Thiessen, like she did the right thing she went to another hit that let her like divorce herself of that image because then she got a more she got like a better role it, it, it seemed like that as as an actor she went through the slow maturing process yeah and like, so, like someone like Macaulay Culkin, I don't think ever recovered from the child actor thing. But then he figured out in like the internet age how to to live the meme and like to just live off of being him. Yeah, yeah. he even um, I think he even has like a podcast or something going. Like he he kind of has leaned into it. Um, he's also and, a massive wrestling fan. Yeah, he is actually a massive wrestling fan. But since he's like leaned into it, he's actually like a ton of fun. He he just has it's it's like very endearing, and you kind of like it's like oh okay like he he it, it's he's quote unquote in on the joke, but because he's in on the joke, it's like he he actually can be free and kind of it, it he's he's actually funny and charismatic and he was that makes sense if you want a really good like modern macaulay culkin appearance his um guest star on avgn was hilarious it was and he also showed up in uh, a red letter media video okay so apparently lark Voorhees showed up in an episode of deep space nine that i i don't remember her being in hmm. um i don't remember that wow. either so this lasted quite a while, and then I remember they did, like, when you would get to the summer, they would have, like, the beach episodes. Yeah. Um, which seemed to take place in this, like, alternate reality kind of thing. I, I, there, were, there were pieces of that that didn't seem to fit in with the rest of the show. And then, yeah, that's, that's the first thing i think i, I recognize uh, leah remini being in leah remini yeah i'm sorry remini not remini i don't i've got that mispronunciation lodged in my head and i still haven't got it pried out uh looking have you guys seen the trailer for um 
<laughs> the Saved by the Bell, like, the reboot. Oh, God. I've no. seen the trailer. It's It looks so bad. I know Chris is, like, excited about <laughs> it. It looks just so bad. It's I say reboot. I, well, it's... It's I don't a sequel. Really, yeah, I don't know if it's really, like, a reboot. It's more like a sequel where it's just, like, it's it's a bunch of new... It's a new cast of teenagers, and they're supposed to be, like, the children in part of... Uh, the original Saved by the Bell people, and you yeah. have you have like Mario Lopez back as AC Slater, and, and you have, it looks you have Berkeley back as Jesse as well. You do, and uh, she's like in her mid forties. She actually looks very good. Um, but like, and, why? Dawson's in it as the I think he's the governor of California. He is the governor. Yeah. So he shuts down a bunch of schools to to combine them as I, I guess a cost saving measure. Yes. <laughs> or something like that. Oh, that's just so what's... stupid. Like, but they were doing those fault. <laughs> they did like the, they did like the, they did like the fault. Fo- you know, like the follow up series. Like it went on past that series. It um. Oh yeah, <laughs> the new class. Yeah, like that went on like a good while afterwards, and this like spawned like, it really spawned like a whole industry. Let's see. I'm looking at, yeah, because the, well, I'm looking at the stuff for the. They had a couple of movies as well. I, I remember it was. Um, they 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 had the one where where Zach and Kelly got married, and apparently they stayed that way into the, the characters stayed that way into the sequel. I'm I'm running down the the list right now, and I'm kind of like, uh, I don't want to get too invested, but I'm curious what in the world they're supposed to be doing um but you know the college years did the college years spawn the um they were kind of were they the trendsetter or did they follow a different world as like we're gonna have a different world came like way before that because a different world. Oh yeah, that was okay. that was like mid to late eighties. Well, and that was also that was a Cosby Show spinoff. Yep. Okay. There's a piece of Bonet. Yeah. And a very young Marissa Tomei. Yeah. I remembered it existed. I don't. I don't remember much beyond that. Yeah, it was but... it was a Cosby Show spinoff. So. It, it predated that by it probably predated the college years by a good I mean if you going by the first season it might have predated it by seven years yeah but it does prove that there was fertile ground in taking some very well liked characters and having them actually mature and progress before you ended the series and you uh, had they did that with uh, Boy Meets World too yeah Boy Meets World I felt like it kind of <coughs> overstayed its welcome a bit though I don't know. Yeah. I didn't watch much after they went to college. And they had Vader on that show. <laughs> That's true. They had Vader, and I think did Jake show up once? Maybe. Or was he just in clips? Well, I know that that Vader loved being on. They it. actually brought Boy Meets World back because they did. Netflix had. I don't know if that ever aired on TV, but they had Girl Meets World, where like Topanga and Corey were adults and had a uh, daughter. Yeah. I, we, my wife and I watched, I think it ran for like three seasons. My wife and I watched the first episode of the first season and it was just like so cringe. Um, Your reaction just said so much. Yeah, because it, 
there was like it, it had like such cringe moments like because uh, it's him it's him married to Topanga right yeah. and it, it's it's all about their daughter um, yeah but there's like a, a line in towards the end of like the first episode where he's like you know what it's your world now yeah. and it's like oh my god oh my god did he I almost like like it was like dry heaves like oh oh I'm so like that's so cringe and after that, I was like, no, I can't. Was... <laughs> I can't Boy Meets World was like a TGIF show, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Was it always a TGIF um, show? Because I remember like, I remember like the concept of that show shifted dramatically because they went from like, um, like, I think like elementary school to like junior high to high school or something. Like, I feel like there was like a shift in that show. Yeah, they had the progression <clears throat> but then they so they ran would... into that problem though where like sitcoms always run into that like where they had to like come up with stupid reasons for like mr belding to stay like as involved as an authority figure oh yeah mr feeney had the oh sorry. he went from a teacher yeah, to a sorry. principal to a professor yeah i think that's right yeah mr feeney the, i'm getting my authority figures confused uh, I will say this about Girl Meets World. The only, like, the one good thing that came out of that is, um, there was like the girl who plays, um, I guess the best friend on that show, Sabrina Carpenter, uh, actually is now like a singer, like a pop singer, and she's actually pretty good. Hmm. Okay. So, this helped like launch her career. Now, do you guys remember the weirdness? <laughs> like the last season of Saved by the Bell, they like I think Jesse and Kelly went away, or Lisa and Kelly went away. I think it was Jesse and Kelly. <laughs> it was. It was Jesse and Kelly, yeah. And then they had, like, Tori come in, but then, like, midway through the season, it shifted back to, like, Kelly and Jesse, and then Tori was just never mentioned ever again. I I do know why that happened. Was it, like, a contract dispute? That'd be yeah. my guess. They, they, they had signed the cast up to do X number of episodes for the last season, and then the network was like, well, we want, you know, six or eight more or something like that, and they're like, but we we can't get everybody back in that works like don't care do it and they couldn't get um they couldn't get Kelly or Jesse back so they introduced Tori and she was involved with with Zach for like that time period and then they they just dropped that in like the middle of the season and then when they get done with that she's just gone and they go back to how it was before she showed up <coughs> which <laughs> Leads to my favorite theory about Saved by the Bell, that Zach is is trapped in in a, a realm or a demons of of his own torture, where he has ultimate control, which is why he can do timeout and stuff like that. But he constantly sabotages himself over and over again because he doesn't believe he's worth it. Well, I mean that that show really has a weird history when they like kind of wedged in the Good Morning Miss <coughs> Bliss stuff that because that show really. Yeah, relocated from – I looked it up, Indianapolis to somewhere in California. Uh, oh, Sunnydale. No, wait, was Sunnydale – No, Sunnydale was Buffy. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, that, Bayside. Bayside, that's right. Because Bayside, Bayside High. I remember way too much about Saved by the Bell. It, I mean, I, <laughs> I watched – I watched – 
ridiculous amounts of it as a teenager. I really haven't watched it as an adult, but like TBS would show that in the mornings forever. I'm, I'm, it might actually still be on at like 7 a.m. on TBS. <laughs> oh, no, it's I, well, I don't know that for a fact, but I guarantee you that it is in syndication somewhere. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I, I mean, I mean, that show was that show was huge. Like everyone yeah, watched, watched that. a ton of this as a kid. Like that, yeah. that was one of those rare shows in high school. Like you were the freak if you didn't watch Saved by the Bell. I, I my my best friend in fifth grade was the one who was like, he said something about it at some point, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking. And he's like, okay, dude, we gotta take care of this for you. Come over to my house, all right? And we, we're gonna, because you're gonna need to know about this. <laughs> he he just. He was, a, he was a good guy. I mean, is a is a, is an adult. I don't think it's a particularly great show, and it's. I mean, the acting's limited, but like, in in like as a teenager, like it really was well built for someone in that like ten to sixteen range. I think. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, I never. I'm probably wrapping up about Saved by the Bell, but have you <laughs> to go back to Mario Lopez? Have either of you seen the commercial for um, <laughs> the Colonel Sanders movie he's doing? I think yes. so. Yes. <laughs> so for those for those who are not who've not seen this or are not aware, um, you know KFC does commercials <laughs> with uh with, with Colonel Sanders for their you know for their their restaurant chain and they've been having like various celebrities and, and actors and stuff uh, in the commercials kind of portraying Colonel Sanders. And I guess, I guess they got the idea. I, I who knows? It's a goof to do a lifetime mini movie yep. called a recipe for seduction oh, God. <laughs> where Mario, where Mario Lopez is playing like uh, obviously a very, like a, a Latin good looking Lothario Colonel Sanders and he's going to be uh, romancing some woman in it uh, as you are want to see in Lifetime movies but who still he's it's apparently only like a 15 minute movie which is like sad I feel like you can get at least like 30 30 30 to 45 minutes out of this but yeah but uh it's to me it's hilarious like I think it's funny are you going to be getting (laughs) the KFC video game console (laughs) no I don't think so only only if it comes in the uh in the KFC rocket ship simulator. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I actually can't. So, um, I, I don't have a gallbladder anymore. And one of my bad triggers, like as my gallbladder was dying was KFC. So I don't eat KFC oh, yeah. anymore. I also think, um, I think Popeye's is the superior chicken. Um, I don't even live in, Kentucky. I live in Kentucky and I don't even eat KFC much. I'd say Popeyes is superior, and if you have churches, churches is also superior to Popeyes and KFC. There are uh, in Kentucky. There is a franchise that's called Lee's Famous Recipe, which, oddly enough, was started by Colonel Sanders' nephew. It's better. Like it's just it's it's better than KFC. So that's that's where if if for some reason. I get the hankering for fried chicken. That's where I end up going. I um, I don't really eat that much fried chicken. I we would eat a lot of Popeyes growing up. Like if we were to go to get fried chicken, like that would be the chain we went to. Uh, and I'm not trying to hate on KFC, but 
I generally feel like the the food at KFC is not as good. It's not as good. Uh, maybe as it it's just like it used to be. Maybe there. it's not a. Maybe it's like a DC thing, but I don't. I I feel like I may have even had KFC elsewhere in the country, and it just wasn't as good. I don't think so. I don't particularly <laughs> care for it. Like it would be KFC's like to me. If um if I'm going into a KFC, it's to go to the Long John Silver's that's in there. <laughs> Man, like they they don't really have Long John Silver's anymore. At least not in the DC area. There used to be like a couple in the area, and they like they closed up. They they came yep. back here, but they're like they're like combo KFC Long John Silver's. A and W. You know what? I'm I'm okay with that. Like when you have like uh Taco Bell and Pizza Hut or whatever. Who who owns Taco Bell? I think Yum Foods. Yum. Like, it's like Taco. F- Taco Bell and is paired together with this, I think maybe with KFC too. KFC but. and uh, Pizza Hut are all Yum brands. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't mind. I, I, that's I'm okay with that. I would, I would do that to get a Long John Silver's. They, they kind of stopped about... doing the combo stores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've talked about it before, but I'm also a fan of Bojangles. See, they don't have Bojangles. I've never been to Bojangles because they do not have it up here. They don't really have it up here in the DC area. I think there might be like one or two in Southern Maryland. There is there is a Bojangles that is in Union, at least it was in Union Station, the train station in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, like the it's it basically it's like a food court. Like they have a, a stand there, but otherwise it's like you got to go, you got to go to like Central Virginia to find a Bojangles. But mm-hmm. um, as I've I, I've shared before, like I like Bojangles. Like I don't even care about getting the fried chicken so much. It's more just like the biscuits are good and you can get all sorts of different biscuit sandwiches. And it's like, to me, it's sold. Like I will, I, maybe I want a biscuit at like 5 PM in the, in the afternoon. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. I want. Maybe I want a steak in a steak biscuit. I need to stop when we go to the Carolinas sometime, but like we don't, I think if I, if I looked up the closest bank, you know what? I'm going to look it up right now on the podcast and I will tell you how far away from the closest Bojangles I am. <laughs> There is near here. There is a Bojangles and a I think a Popeyes that went up in town about twenty minutes from me. In, in where I live now, chicken is dominated by Lee's famous recipe, Zaxby's and Chick Fil A. He's um, got a Zaxby's but, and everyone's like crazy about it, but I haven't been yet. It's it's I fun. They I do a little like bit I've more flavor stuff. Um. Sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to step on you there. Yeah, I'm but, sorry. I, I, go ahead. But I, I've been. I went to Bojangles once, and I was like, "Well, that's that was okay." And I went to Popeyes and got their sandwich mm-hmm. because it was a brand new one, but there weren't a bunch of people there. So I was like, "Okay, let's let's see what this is all about." Just just fine. I don't. I did. I did not understand the lines. I don't understand the lines for the Chick Fil A ones either, but so me and uh me and Damien are fans of the the Popeye sandwich. I will say it's not the best chicken sandwich you can get, but it's pretty, it's pretty fine. Like I I do actually like get cravings for it every like two three months. You're gonna get a better one if you go to like a like a restaurant or like probably like a deli, yeah. even like a even just like a, a like a bar type place. Like they'll probably have like a better fried chicken sandwich for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, I mean, for like just a cheap sandwich, it's not that bad. Let's see, looking at for, this. Um, 
If you got a Chick Fil A, you can get what uh, what Zach DiPatrillo, Chris's son, describes as a chicken burger. <laughs> <laughs> Zach likes uh, my little nephew Zach likes his chicken burgers. And I don't blame him. Chick Fil A is actually perfectly tasty. Yeah, that that's if if I'm gonna go to a drive-through chicken place, I'm gonna go Chick Fil A. One, their stuff is consistently pretty good, and two, man, they get you through. Do they do like like if, when, they, they get so busy here? Like they have people like in the drive-through like taking your order on a tablet now because they're so yep. busy. That here, sometimes. Yeah, here, ever since COVID hit, what they've done it, with the one here in town is they just they lock down the the dining room. Even when things are relaxed and they're like, look, you know, you can have 50% capacity. They're like, look, we're keeping our dining room closed. But they always have two people out at the drive-thru, and they will leapfrog each other to go to the cars. Get your order. You pay. You roll up. Tell them if you want your receipt or not. You get your stuff, and you go. It is the smoothest running setup I have seen, and it is, I mean – it's pretty impressive. Everybody's always in a good mood. Everybody is always polite. I've never gone to the Chick-fil-A in town and got that, that stereotypical, you know, young person working in a fast food restaurant. It's just like, yeah, what do you want? You know, everyone is always happy and polite to see you. And it's because they're getting paid like double minimum or something well, like like they they're also, getting paid well i think they also i think they have a hiring process that filters attitude yeah they, i'm pretty sure they do but i think they have to be one of the most well-run corporations in the united states yeah i agree so. with you shad like the biggest thing about them it's just the consistency because again i wouldn't even say like oh my god it's the best chicken sandwich on the planet or the best i've had or but it's just consistent the consistency like every time you go there is a certain level of quality that you can expect and mm-hmm. they live up to it like every time yeah. and i will and say I, I would i would shank someone in the kidneys for some chick-fil-a sauce <laughs> yeah, the sauces are good. and there i don't a... know what oh go ahead I just this is just a quick aside. There was an old Angry Joe video about trying to go to Chick Fil A, and it being Sunday. Um, but the joke, what well, they they get to the parking lot and what the guy driving is like, oh no, it's a problem, man. It's Sunday, and Angry Joe's pulling in. No, no, it's not. It's not Sunday. He gets out of the car and he goes up to the door. He's like beating on the door, screaming, "Let me in! Let me in!" There's an outtake they had where he the first shot they did for it. He reached down and grabbed the door to open it, and it was unlocked, <laughs> and it, t- it triggered the alarm. So that's fun to watch, but just just their glee of going to Chick Fil A is so much fun. I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead. I, I just I don't understand what it is. Maybe they just when they go through like the orientation, they just like sit them down like Clockwork Orange style and indoctrinate them. <laughs> But all the employees are, like, very polite, and really, there's, like, numerous stories of them. It's like, oh, yeah, like, an 80-year-old came in with a flat tire, and, like, the the guy, like, the the the, the worker there at Chick-fil-A basically, like, jumps over the counter to run out and change the tire for the person that goes back to work. And it's like there really is some weird corporate culture thing that's actually for the positive. It's, like, immense positivity, I think it's a sense of community like really... is I think what they instill in their people. 
Like I think it, I think that might be what it is. Like more than like the extreme positivity. Like, like when you talk about like you hear those stories about like changing the tire and stuff. I think that's like a sense of community. Yeah, there. I, I know there is a friend of mine whose daughter had a stint working there, so I know that they don't tie you up in the back and and you know beat you with a bag of oranges until you get the right attitude. Hey, it doesn't leave a bruise. But, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Actually, there's a friend of mine who works there in the back. He's he's one of their special order cooks. I don't know. It, it, do the, I don't know if they like give you a personality test before you can open a franchise or what, but there's um uh, there I've wondered what what it is. So there's there's Oh my god, that asshole's just not going to stop revving his fucking car. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, dude, drive away. <laughs> there, just, we'll get back to it, but there was, I was in a meeting with someone, and my stupid neighbor has this, like, just piece of garbage van with, like, a bad mm-hmm. catalytic converter. So you know what that sounds like. And I'm in this yeah. meeting, and they're just sitting in their driveway with that stupid van on for like 20 minutes and I finally just couldn't take it more. I'm like, I'm sorry you have to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just drives me nuts. Okay, back to it. Sorry. I yeah, just, I understand. That's going to be heard on the podcast and I just I, I it, like you like my, the veins in my eyes are just popping as they kept doing it because I'm just like damn it, I can't fucking edit this out. Stop, yes. stop, stop. Yeah, I, I understand. <sighs> So it, the the other thing, if if Chris listens to this episode, I suspect one of us is going to get an earful about us not talking enough about Saved by the Bell. I was so. going to have him on at a later date to do like a Saved by the Bell episode and like like um, city guys and hoops and California dreams and like whatever that weird um, like spinoff of um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was and stuff. At that point, I think we could just start the recording, and I'd go, I'd go take a nap or something. Because <laughs> there, he's he's gonna go in some detail. Well, there's like a whole like subset of that stuff that I never watched. Oh, Sweet Valley High, I remember that one. I never watched. I never watched any of these like offshoot ones though. They just never had I'm the sure. same um, charm to me. Mm. I think Chris did. I think he's Chris has seen all oh, of those. Chris probably Chris was probably watching even like Degrassi High and all that stuff. <laughs> mm. I I still laugh sometimes about uh about Aubrey being on <laughs> on Degrassi High, aka Drake. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so what were we saying about Chick Fil A before that car made me want to like. Go eight. Uh, the thought's gone, so okay. we don't have to worry about it. But um, sorry, that's just, a heck of a place to end up. Just when you're doing like a podcast, and there's a noise, and it won't go away, and you know, like, you know, it's probably loud enough that it's coming through, and you you can't like, they won't stop. It's just it just drives me nuts. <laughs> okay, so it's all right. So I actually can't find the closest Bojangles to me because. They're further than 50 miles, but I think Bowling Green, Kentucky is probably the closest one. 
to me. Yeah, that's further than 50 miles. Good Lord. So probably a four-hour drive. No, no, there's no way that that's a... No, no. Winchester. I'm telling you, man, that's way closer to you okay. than... Um, let me see. Winchester might be. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like past what's on like the main corridor of Kentucky driving to Nashville. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. Columbus to Winchester is about. It would be about three hours for you. Okay. Bowling Green is out south of Louisville, and that would be. I guess it would be about three hours if you used I-75. Yeah, because uh, I figured that's like the straightest shot for everything, but okay. Okay, what in the world? No, that's, that can't be right at all. Well, Columbus, though, Columbus is a straight shot down to Cincinnati, and then you, you like, you... Um... Yeah, but Columbus to Cincinnati, straight south to Lexington. Winchester's like 15 minutes outside Lexington. Bowling Green is like you're getting close to the Tennessee border. So the, you go south from Louisville to get there. So that that means that this is wrong. Oh, that's still the Winchester. That's why. Oh, okay. Good Lord. No, no. This is this is just this is so wrong. It's as hell. More, if it's a Bowling Green's probably more like four and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's absolutely the case. So we're going to we're going to finish off of this this year with. Some old standbys of Alf and Kissy Fur. I can't believe Kissy Fur was on TV for this long. Wow. <laughs> it was kind of in the death slot, being at 1230. Yeah, but it's been, I mean, it's gotten to 8 o'clock spots. I want to see how many episodes Kissy Fur had, because that seems like they're really ringing a show with not a lot of episodes. Mm -hmm. Let's see, Kissy Fur. Oh, it had two seasons for 26 episodes, so I guess I guess they got their money's worth out of it. So that is 1989. Um, so let us look over these schedules and pick a winner. I think I think ABC kind of wins it in a route this year. Yeah, it's a runaway. What do you think, Matt? Matt? Yeah, uh, I would agree. Like I feel like I feel like CBS and NBC had come close a couple of years, but I feel like this is the furthest golf in quality that I've seen. Yeah. In a couple of years. It's it's pretty big. Because I actually don't think like there are shows on other channels I watch, but just from a pure quality standpoint, I actually don't really see much of a reason to leave ABC this year, other than maybe. If you really like Garfield and Friends or Camp Candy, or you're still into Muppet Babies, well, I guess Save by the Bell too. Save by the Bell because uh, I probably wouldn't have needed to watch a, a second half hour of the of Looney Tunes stuff that I've probably already had seen. Yeah, uh, I would maybe because I was I was big into video games at that time, and around this time is actually when I would have gotten my Nintendo. Yeah, I would have been about a year into having a Nintendo at this point, I think. <laughs> I actually I take it back. I don't. So I, I think I got in. Uh, I think I got the Nintendo as like a Christmas present in 1989. So I would have just been getting this. So I would have probably. I would have switched to watch Captain N. And I actually, <laughs> I mean, I did at the time. I when I was a kid, I, I definitely watched Captain N. 
so I would have watched that. But you're right, like I would have probably stuck with with ABC most of that morning. Did you have the red and did you have the red zapper? Or did you just have the all gray one? I had the red zapper so no, it, later in Nintendo. Was it red? It was kind of. I always thought it was more like orange, but I had I did have that one. Yeah, because you had to have. I like, got the, you had to have like the initial, I think, year ones to have like the the gray one. I had a gray one. Did you have it early, Shad? Well, my parents, my dad bought it off of somebody else in his office because their family didn't play it, so they probably got it early, and then he got it from them. Okay. But yeah, mine was gray. I never had a Rob. Though. I didn't either. I was okay with that too. <laughs> Sometimes I think about getting him for like the the giggles, but I think he's like pricey now, and they don't work very well. I don't think they worked very well to start with. No, I mean, no. He was in Star Tropics <laughs> too. I don't know if he did anything for Star Tropics. But uh, yeah, there were a bunch of NES. Um, accessories that you know, I glove. never never had a power glove never yeah, had a never power had. mat never had a power glove the mat came with track and field I know someone that had that and the mat sucked I mean wasn't it just better instead of running on it to just lay down and slap it no because I did that once and like your hands get tired because they're not meant to like um, they're not meant to be used like your legs are so while you get you get short term better, you wear out like really quick. Mm. Well, it was a. Uh, uh, oh, no. Let's see. The scope was a Super NES. Yep. Yeah. Because that had Battle that had battle Clash and I think a follow up to that that I really liked. Never, I, I don't think I've ever even laid hands on one of those. You had to put like a thing on top of your TV um, with, mm-hmm. the, with the power. With the with the the Nintendo Zapper, you could actually cheat on the games mm-hmm. and shoot a light bulb, like shoot a light, and that oh, would yeah. kill everything. Because it's um, because of the way the game would work. Yeah, it picks is... up the light signals because like a Zapper will not work on like a modern TV. It'll only work on a tube TV because it's like the mm-hmm. flash it creates. Yeah, it's a it's a black screen, and then the target you're looking for is white. And so, if the zapper is not pointed at the white, then it won't register. But you know, if you just point at a light bulb, then it registers as the you know bright enough all the time. Yeah. Uh, I actually just looked it up. You can you can apparently buy a Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt World Class Track on cartridge from GameStop for only five dollars, and they do free store pickup. You can get that's uh you can I think you can get that cheaper like non game stops but like <laughs> like NES prices have gotten ridiculous in the last five years because like there was a point where I think Mario three was selling for over twenty bucks and like if you used to go into used video game stores like it used to be like choking on Mario three because everyone had <laughs> Mario three yeah yeah yeah. That's well. What was I heard? Um, Pat the NES punk once make the joke. He said, "Oh, another copy of of 
Mario and Duck Hunt. I'm going to make a table out of them now. Yep, pretty much. I actually, I still have my original NES. I'm looking at it right now. Mine's, I know where it is, but it's not. There was a, a number of years ago. My wife loves Contra. Like, that is her game. She can, I know it's not speedrun times, but she can beat Contra in about 25 minutes. Um, <clears throat> so, the the NES she had wasn't working at the time. But for her birthday when we were dating, I got her a copy of Contra. And I found, at, when Hastings still existed, it was called the Generation Next. Oh, yeah. I think that worked really well. And you just slot the cartridge in and away you go. And so she she adored that. Um, actually, I think I probably have two copies of Contra because I found a second one at a flea market or something. But I've got that, and I've got my NES, and I've got her NES. If you you could probably get hers working again if you swap the pin connector in the back out with a new one. Okay. Because so, um, so fun fact because I know way too much about retro systems. So blowing in the cartridge actually doesn't do a fucking thing. If you need to clean okay. it, you should clean it the you should clean it with alcohol on the bottom and yeah. let it dry. Yeah. But when you start getting that blue screen and stuff, that is because the pins have gotten loose or bent in there. So if mm. you get you need to get the right one because some of them are cheap. But like if you replace the 10 pin, I think it's the 10 pin. If you, if you replace that or take it to a used store in your area, that'll replace it for you. And you can get those for like 10 bucks. And really, if you take it apart, it's not that hard to put it back together. Um, my I've taken mm-hmm. mine apart numerous times. If you clean out the inside of all the dust and you put a new 10 pin connector in there, it'll it'll work like it's brand new. Okay. Because mine, mine was getting pretty bad, and I put a new 10-pin connector in there, and it works like it's brand new. So That's cool. Cause, so what happens is when that stuff gets bent, it just isn't making good connections with the cartridge. Um, mm-hmm. Because actually, cartridges... Cartridges... If, you, if you're collecting and you buy them untested, like it's not a bad gamble if it's a lot cheaper, because cartridges tend to... They don't have a lot inside that can go wrong. It's not like a CD that can rot or or um, or like get scratched as long as like as long as the connectors haven't gotten too corroded or someone like fucked up the internals mm-hmm. like and ruined the connectors in there. Like it should work just fine. And even if you if you can use a soldering iron, you could sometimes even fix like the connectors on the motherboard. Yeah. Okay. But I don't. I I'm pretty sure I would I would irreversibly burn myself with a soldering iron. So that's not what I'm. Good I at. can use a soldering iron. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but I can do it. Fine. Yeah. So like like with a lot of my systems, a lot of my systems don't have the original parts anymore. Like if you get in a Super NES. There are these tabs in it that you can actually tear out or cut out, and then you can play Super Famicom games in it because that's the only thing preventing you from playing Super Famicom games. They're just made of plastic. Oh, okay. And, like, my Game Gear that I bought does not... Like, it has a new screen that's an LED and not the original, and that actually makes the battery life better. 
and I had like mm-hmm. it has all new capacitors so like the sound on it's good and everything mm-hmm. and you can get like I want to get one but they're expensive but you can get modded like the not the SP GBAs but you can get like the original clam ones with the backlight installed mm-hmm. so I want one of those but those are like 150 bucks Gotcha. I uh, I have like a spare uh, NES Mini, the the retro one that came out like two three years ago. Yeah. Uh, I need to I need to basically mod that so that I can I can basically download and play effectively all the Nintendo games yeah. on it. I know that I talked with Damien about it, and he's he's apparently done that. It's apparently like you, I even talked to you about it too, Brad. Like you can apparently do it in like just a few minutes and. Yeah, so what I have for a lot of my old systems, like my NES, I have what's called an EverDrive cart. So that's essentially, it's an NES cart, and all I do is put an SD card with an OS in there, and I can just play them on the original hardware. And you don't you don't run into like the problems you run into with emulators, because you're essentially playing the ROM on the cart on original hardware. So as long as the ROM's not screwed up, you're good. And I own that for, I have an N64 one, I have a Genesis one, and a, a, a Nintendo one. And they're expensive, like they can run from like 100 to $200, but when you figure to actually buy the games you want to play on original hardware, they, they, they're price efficient. Well, I think we might have run everything out of this one we've got guys so all right (laughs) as if our console talk wasn't the wasn't the cue for that so everybody out there thank you for joining us tonight we uh we would love to hear from you on our social media platforms where they're were we wrong about Captain N? Please let us know. If you think Um, if you think we're wrong about Captain N, fuck you because you're the wrong one. No, well, no, I want to hear from them. I want to hear... No, they're objectively wrong. I want wrong. to hear the justification. I have, I have seen it as an adult. It is not good. <laughs> like, they're wrong. Like, you have bad taste if you're defending Captain Ed. Like, I'm sorry, but you do. All right, I tell you what. Let me take a different tack. If you want to hear a super in-depth deep dive about Saved by the Bell with a special guest expert, let us know on our social media. We would love to hear from you. Um pick any one of them we'll we'll look at all of them if you have any requests you want us to do please send them to us we've done them before we'll do them again just send them along our way and so with all of that being said this is shad with matt and brad we've been in three quarters you're in the fourth and we will see you next time